Hello, I am the instructor from Groundlings. Forget all other podcasts, they will not help you. Step one, listen to the map report. Good. Step two, laugh. Good. Now it's funny. Let my home back in Omaha. See if I can make it out in the world. And I got as far as Wichita. Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore. Lost all my friends in Los Angeles. I'm not welcome in New York But I must stop back in Omaha Where the fans, they always crying out for more And here we go Welcome to Member Report number 16, February 2006 Welcome everybody Here we are <laughs> story. <laughs> story with a sweet melodic version of Lockta in the hills of Lakewood. Very nice. Lockta is alive with the sound of music. Gargling. <laughs> you guys know what sweet sixteen means, right? It means that we're legal in many states. Well, we're not. We're nice. not legal yet. Oh, now. <laughs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> Oh, goodness. No longer jailbait for you fellas. <laughs> J-date, not jailbait. So what's up? Permission. Everyone's listening, all the lit- listening audience out there. Uh, greetings, greetings to everybody from Odeo, Podcast Reviewer, DSC, greetings. you know, the Blue Pyramid, everybody, all the hordes of people. Who are you going to leave out? And the hordes. Russ and I are waiting. And the hordes. I said the hordes of people. I think that doesn't leave anybody out. Uh-huh. And if you so come from www.google.com slash Afghanistan, screw you, go away. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Not the safest thing to be talking about that right now. There's some violence going on with mm. some stuff. Okay. You reminded me of something that I referenced myself unintentionally. Okay. The, <laughs> the <laughs> and that's how it is over here. Unintentionally, he says. Apparently. World's most well-renowned and famous newspaper, the top story today... I'm going to read the headline to you, and just imagine for a second that you guys are aliens who follow the mass media in the United States, and you have like a what do you passing mean, knowledge. Okay, let's just tell the truth. We're aliens. Czar. Don't tell them anything, Czar. And we all have a passing knowledge of English, but we don't really know what's going on specifically in world affairs. What would you make of the following headline? Bush urges world leaders to halt violence over cartoons. <laughs> I would ask why a shrubbery was making decisions for the world. Exactly. For what? So right. is a shrubbery talking to leaders around the world about <laughs> violence caused by fake drawings. Okay, next planet, please. Exactly. <laughs> I'm freaked out. Stop attacking people Welcome over cartoons as a burning bush. Yeah, no. It's true. It's true. Well, you know, my dad had a theory that when the first George Bush was in office that they didn't... Um, 
they stopped doing the Bush beer commercials because he said it was in some way insulting to them. Do the you know the Bush head for Bush beer? And he's like, I, I think they stopped doing that. I'm like, I don't think that's how it worked, Dad. He's like, No, I'm convinced. You know, the the Bush the that they don't want to embarrass them by associating them with beer. I'm like, Right, because the Bushes don't associate themselves with beer and cocaine already, I suppose. That was a good song. I like it because song. beer is Bushy. for the mountains of Bush. Beer. You don't want and a then president there was a... who can only take beer. You want a president who can hold his liquor, who can uh, snort some lines and still, you know, play with the big boys. You don't want some guy who yeah, can baby. be under the table after one can of beer. You think beer is wussy, though? Wouldn't you say that it's sort of blue-collar, down-with-the-people type stuff? Yeah, uh-huh. but yeah, you, you want it super down-with-the-people. Down you know, the like, pe- you're really down-with-the-people if you're doing coke. I suppose. It's not your Ivy League, you know prep school type of thing. Well, maybe it is, actually. <laughs> actually, I disagree with you entirely. <laughs> I reference the 1980s. Softball! Okay, so maybe he should I have done heroin. Exactly heroin is. is definitely down with the people, right? Oh, there you go. That's oh, yeah. There you go. But then he would well, show emotion if from he had time done to crack, time. What if he had done crack? Well, his urban roots. we're all true. Like imagining Bush on crack. We're like, uh, mm, how would we know? I don't. I was gonna say. I don't have to imagine it. We saw the State of the Union. <laughs> there it is for you directly. <laughs> Story. I, I should ask you that though. Is making him constantly look like he's about to bust up laughing. Like, have you noticed that every time the Bush gives a speech, he basically spends about half the time looking like he's trying to hold in uncontrollable laughter. Dude, he does have a very keen second. sense of irony. He has the keenest sense of irony <laughs> of every of a president. Ever, That's true. He's got the sense that. Before. I mean, think he about it. If you were George Bush. If you were George Bush and you knew that it was the most ridiculous thing in the world that a C-grade, you know, mediocre human, as my mom says, a C-minus human being, had somehow conned his way not only to the presidency but to re-election, wouldn't you be tempted to bust out laughing every time you're giving a speech? I'd just be like, I'd like to thank the... <laughs> Got you again! I mean, that's, that's what I'd true. be tempted to do. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't I think it's. I just think it's funny. I think it's the PR people telling him to get over the smirk, and now he's trying to turn it into an actual smile. It's becoming a guffaw slowly over the, the last term. Do you guys remember the first debate, uh, the presidential debate of this last, 2004, where everyone joked about the smirk, so then he came out with this ridiculous, like, someone was like, no, Mr. President, you must use both sides of your mouth to smile, and he was like, hello, I will eat your children and destroy you with this odd alien smile that I am looking at you with. I was going to say, and then he started smiling after giving the opening for his speech. Yeah, my dad. Oh, I'm candidate Bush, and I will eat your children. I will eat your children. And the Republicans were like, "Well, we we got to support him. He's doing well." And the Democrats were like, "Well, we don't want to be seen as not, not supporting, supporting the Republicans, the Republicans in this time of national, national crisis. crisis." Whoa, whoa! Feedback. feedback. Oh, Greg, oh, Greg, Greg turned Greg, on his feedback program. Turn oh, it God. off, Greg. No. Oh, reverb! You're killing us. Was not, I the only no. one who heard that? No, we all no, heard it, and it was happening that. before when I was hanging out with Greg because he's now downloaded some kind of level, audio level testing program, which causes your feed to be pumped directly back into the map report, creating a feedback loop into infinity that melts your brain, (laughs) which is obviously what he's trying to do to us. Yeah. Great. Great. We do these things for you, audience. Good God. That was really scary. It was like hearing a mangled voice of myself down an alligator's throat. It's like, hello, I'm here live from the belly of the crocodile. That's that's bizarre world story. Uh, And Greg fell off the face of the earth 
while he was doing that, he fell into he a feedback loop. Uh-oh. Greg is spiraling. He's lighting up, but nothing's coming through. The green light is oh, on. Oh dear. The audio is not. Oh, but nobody told awesome. Now I can talk about the refs in the Super Bowl all I want with no <laughs> hope of revenge or recourse. Greg can't defend his helpless Steelers who only won because the referees were on their side, who called back this every touchdown, who demoralized and broke the back of the Seahawks. Oh, this can is I tremendous. first claim victory on having the closest point spread to the actual point spread of the Super Bowl? Because sure. I claimed it would be a 15-point sure. win for, for the Steelers, and, and it was an 11-point win for the Steelers. I'm in my various conspiracy theories about you, Russ, that uh, you, in fact, I've kidnapped are the one paying daughters. Yeah, the yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. I know. <laughs> you paid off the rest. It's, it's true. So it's not surprising that you guessed exactly right. It is a and they missed two field goals, surprising. which would have given them 16 points, which is what I predicted them to have. There you go. I, for a second, I thought you were arguing that the field goals were worth eight points each, and I was like, wow, those were big misses. <laughs> I was like, two field goals Jeez. giving 16 points. That's really, really, they really should have hit. Oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. Craig's back. Sorry. Can everyone hear me normally now? Turn it, turn it off! No! No! Can you hear me normally now? I hope. Yes, but I can yes, hear, but I can hear in myself in a crocodile. Oh, oh! Turn the turn fucking the fucking reverb machine off, off, dude! I turned it off. It's that's off. Bad. That's Not bad. Exactly. I turned it off. Oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> what? I turned this it off. This makes the earthquake look like a walk in the park. I know. Seriously, it's off. Okay, oh, it's off. It's completely oh off. Oh my god. No, it's really no, not. it's really not because we are in the bizarre, bizarre world right now. How, that's not oh possible. God, oh god! Now it happened to us too. It's off. It's been happening <laughs> to, all, happening of to all, all of us the whole time. It's oh, all oh, really? Oh, God. This is canceled. Meppaport canceled. Due to, due to snow. Two-hour Two delay. delay. No, I am cool. No, I am cool. We are experiencing <laughs> technical difficulties. Are you guys still hearing that, seriously? Hey, yes. Bob, yes. Hey, Bob, yes. Bob, yes. You're out there. I don't know what you're talking about about our audio problem. Our audio is top-notch, man. Dear Lord. Is that working? Is that working? Is that working? Is there better? That's better. Uh, yeah, I, think, better now. I think we might be back. I was hoping that oh my, my Yoda God. would reverb, but it didn't. We apologize <laughs> for the reverb situation. Wow. Turn it back I'm on. Just like I want to play with it more. And you I was trying to figure out the levels. Another email account, and then you have yeah. that one forward back to the original one. This is what happens. No, Seems I was thinking it was more like flying beaver wipes out five minutes of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking. I, I was thinking it was more like. I think we need like, to leave that in. I think that needs to be left in. I was oh, thinking the God. camera just sort of focused into a mirror, you know, and then the mirror looks back at the camera, and the camera looks back at the mirror, and on and on and on and on. And then yeah, they're like, "Great, great the program were you using, Greg?" We're all. It was this, this thing that came with the sound card. If anybody knows out there who's listening, where I can just get a level thing that just tells us like what the recording levels are, that would be nice. Because at our incredibly expensive multi-million dollar studio, um, you see, we have a <laughs> producer say. who's opposed like to equalizers. Here. And uh, so he doesn't want us to get those, and so we've made a decision to try to work without them, but we've decided to rebel against the producer, um, and that's what we're doing here. That's our goal. I think I hear the, the producer in the background. The fluttering <laughs> high laughter for a producer? Yes, exactly. I was like, I think this producer has guest starred before in my absence. <laughs> exactly. Interesting producer. It's pretty He's impressive that she was laughter. in the other room as well. 
So you guys were talking about the Dear Super God. Bowl and making fun of the referees. So go ahead and make fun of the referees. No, and all I can say over. is it's, it's the Steelers won. There's nothing more to say. Greg, okay. I have just one thing to say to you. What's that? Man meat. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> um, I just want to give Don't make Weaver yeah. an excuse to come out. I just, I just like him, and I just wanted to invite him out. <laughs> So I thought by saying Chronicles of Narnia, I could probably <laughs> probably get him to make an appearance. You know what? Oh, this you is see the what equivalent. Like when you time it correctly and loudly enough, you won't have to bring in the flying beaver. I can just do it instead. Every time that I anticipate let's, Andy let's about to say something like that. Okay. okay. One, two, three. Man meat. Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, that worked oh. great. Good job. Nice job. Wow. <laughs> This is like oh, the most God. meta show we've ever done. This is absurd. I know. Can we the get on a real topic show. that like people are interested I, in, please? Can I come in? I actually, even though I did not have a partisan uh, rooting, I did not pick a side in the Super Bowl, even though I picked the Steelers to win, I do absolutely agree with the uh, the Seahawks. Many Seahawks fans have complained that there was you know, a referee conspiracy that pretty much screwed them over, and I, I totally agree. I mean, if you watch the game and you saw the referees screw up four consecutive Seahawks special team plays that caused them to pooch punt into the end zone and then made their kicker miss two field goals and then made Jeremy Stevens drop two 30-yard first down That's passes. That's true. And then Don't made that Hasselbeck they... throw an interception in the end zone. Yep. And then it just screwed up Mike Holmgren's clipboard so that the whole team forgot how to run a two-minute drill both at the end of the half and the end of the game. Those are the wildest, craziest, most ridiculous referees I've ever seen. And they should Russ wins the blamed for the Seahawks' loss. Russ wins the award for the Jonathan Swift <sighs> indecent proposal irony speech. Thanks, Russ. And I agree. It's actually Yay! a modest proposal. Indecent proposal or something. <laughs> what quite did different. I say? Indecent proposal? <laughs> I <laughs> meant modest did. proposal. <laughs> it shows you where my mind was. Well, that's because I was looking at the Vanity Fair cover uh, with Scarlett Johansson English, and Kara Knightley. St. So. John's University. Apply yes, to yes, yes, yeah. yes, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, Sorry. <laughs> I have to say that I don't understand how how this logic works. It, it's true that the Steelers could have won in a variety of ways, but that's not the point. The point isn't that, well, you know, if they had done other things well, they could have overcome it. The point is it's supposed to be a level playing field. Now, if you tell me the refs make mistakes and they're just human, that's fine, but the the problem is the number of mistakes that are made. I'm not, I'm not saying that the Steelers wouldn't have won or, or the Seahawks would have won. The, the point is that everything would have been different. I mean, you change one thing and the whole game's different. So you, you can't look so, at it and say, well, they had chances to overcome it. That's fine. The, the, it's still a big problem with the refs. They made a, they blew a lot of calls. Amen. So How about the Troy Palomalo? The would have won. I'm just By the saying, way, they really didn't. They blew two calls. Not not a whole bunch. They really blew two. Uh, so yeah. They blew the two. They blew the holding call. And the offense, well, see, you know, I even thought that was one of the calls that oh, I, I think crazy. was blown. No, that's I think the pass defense was blown, and the hold was blown, and that's it. And I think the rest of the calls were right. Roethlisberger was in. It was a touchdown. Uh, and I think the other calls that were made were close oh, but reasonable calls to crazy. make. Roethlisberger was not in at all. Yeah, he was, dude. You can track yeah, the ball was. the whole way, and it was not was. there. Story. I think if you're seeing no, it from Seattle, crazy. it's not a it's not a great angle from Seattle. You know, it's got that northwest thing, and the angle isn't really good. But uh, you know, for those of us looking at the All line, I think my point, I, and I think that Andy's the Seattle people exactly are just whining. Right, it's ridiculous. 
No, I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, at halftime, it was like, I mean, at what point can you say that, like, this is a legitimate thing? I mean, you're basically making the argument that no matter how bad the refereeing is, how bad the umpiring is in another sport, you know, that they you made can never two bad blame calls. that as a factor. And I think they made two when bad it's calls. a huge momentum turn, when it's yeah, a momentum so turn that you get a great play or a great touchdown or a great whatever else, and then you have to call it back and try to do it all over again when you're already in a hole. It, you just, it takes the wind out of your sails. And one momentum play like that, I mean, football more than probably any other sport is just a game of momentum. You know, baseball, yeah, well, at least, you have a long slog. You're not going to have to deal with a clock to try to come back. But, you know, football is just all momentum. And you have one I, touchdown called back, and that could be it, you know? I refer you to saying, one was, call when it was totally made in ridiculous. the Colts game <laughs> against the Steelers. Call, which the NFL apologized that for, was bad too, Greg. and which that the Steelers, whether it's good or bad, it, but the Steelers got I mean, over it somehow. They overcame it somehow. It's just like it's like Steelers have to apologize for winning the Super Bowl. Like they're like we're really sorry, hey, Greg, you know, we're sorry that I they won. I don't understand all these poor people because my dad grew up poor, and then he overcame it somehow. I mean, you can't say things like that. People overcome it for a variety <laughs> of reasons, including so what? the Steelers. So they should <laughs> the get the Super Bowl argument. back. It's so like they should get the Super Bowl back. Uh. The so they should get the trophy back. That's all. They didn't deserve it, and it's it's wrong that they won it. So they should give it back. In fact, they should fly to Can Seattle I, and give they, them a trophy. No, I didn't say that. I said I, it's a. There's they should apologize for winning. I specifically didn't say who would have won. Let me. I said the problem. <clears> let me just say this. And it needs to be addressed. I think the game was horribly played by the Seahawks slightly less horribly played by the Steelers and horribly refed. It was an ugly Super Russ, Bowl. A, it was an un, unentertaining Super Bowl. First oh yeah, no, Roethlisberger was, was terrible. Less Everyone, it was a horrib horribly played on both sides, pretty much. I, no, I'm agreeing with you. I think that it was horribly played. It was not entertaining. The refs were terrible because everyone else had to be terrible. And it was a wonderful showcase of what the NFL is capable of when it has the audience of, you know, most of the world that's watching TV. <laughs> it's a great job by everyone. They brought out the frickin' 80-year-old Rolling Stone, so Mick Jagger could have made a joke about how he should have been performing 40 years ago on that stage when they were actually yeah, no popular kidding. and new and interesting. And it was just, you know what? As per usual, when you have this much hoopla behind a particular event, it turns into not a Super Bowl, but a corporate turd festival. And that's what it was. If you have people lined up waiting to watch commercials, then you get a big corporate turd festival. And this time, even the game couldn't redeem the turds that were everywhere else. Yeah. It was well, terrible. Well, subject entirely is that the commercials normally like are the, the highlight of the thing and uh <laughs> <laughs> chronicles of non um and uh you know the commercials were actually almost as bad as the refs in this one and the refs were terrible the commercials are commercials always were almost as bad i don't understand there were a lot the of years the commercials good were one. awesome there's like, like one five good years one every ago, year i feel like the commercials were always great like five five seven years ago it was like, you know, like the good old late days. high school for me, that, that was, it was great. It was great. That's when commercials at the Super Bowl, they were good. Because I didn't even like football, and I used to always make sure I watched the Super Bowl because the commercials were just great. It was just fun. Story, did you just say five years ago was late high school for you? Is that true? No, seven years ago. I think that's true. <laughs> oh. How old am I? No, seven Dude, years ago. It I is was, not true. No, it's <laughs> not true. It's not true. God almighty. Yo. I'm so old. Okay. Eight <laughs> years ago, I, go to high school? I was a second Nine semester eight. senior. Oh, we don't oh, need four. commercials. Art four to art seven. <laughs> we uh, use Roaring dicks. zeros. 
Please Do you remember the blizzard? It was a five-year oh blizzard that year, and it lasted f for five years, and it was 20 inches. Yeah. yeah. To me, oh. so. the setup for the Super Bowl seemed like they had a committee of 75 people, all of whom got to insert their own opinion into what the theme of the Super, of the Super Bowl, which I should have called the Super Bowl, should have been like. <laughs> They're like, like yeah, okay. Super Bowl. Solid. We're going to have every Motown singer come on and sing a seven-second clip of their Oh, that was so annoying. Because this is really entertaining to the ADD-laden American audience. <laughs> then we're going to put in the Rolling Stones and the Motown theme, and we're going to combine that with Harrison Ford reading Dr. Seuss like a very scary oh, old yeah, man that LSD. Great job, guys. What a great theme. Whatever that was, it worked out really well. Okay, no, but none of that. this can be worse than the Seahawks walking in to Bittersweet Symphony. It's like, if there was any proof <laughs> of a conspiracy, it was that right there. Exactly. It's like, we're going to call it, call the shot beforehand. I mean, everyone I was watching it with, we just looked around at each other like, are you kidding? Are, are they conceding now? What, what is this? And then the Steelers came into that, you know, what was that thing that right here, right now, you know, da, 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 you know, that really cool sort of semi-hip-hop-ish type of modernistic type of music. So yeah, clearly that was part of the conspiracy. Exactly like that. It's just like that. Hey, Again, that was... Incidentally, while we're on this, did you guys realize that both... <laughs> yes, thank you. Both Joe Montana and I'd like to hear that on Terry Bradshaw. Of the show, please. Oh, God. <laughs> both Joe Montana and Terry Bradshaw refused to be part of the Super Bowl MVP parade. Did you yes, notice that you know they were why? both absent from that? Uh, Joe why. Montana said that he had to go to his kid's basketball game. That's what yep. I heard about that. And Terry Bradshaw has some problem with the Steelers, and so he didn't want to be there for the Steelers Super Bowl. No, no, no. The, the real reason in both cases was they asked for money and said no. In fact, Montana wanted $100,000, and the Super Bowl told him to drop dead, which basically, since he was made wealthy because of what he did in the Super Bowl, I think was the right response on their part. Like, you've got to be kidding me. They bring out all these MVPs, and you want $100,000. Are you out of your mind? That was just ridiculous. Instead, they brought in people like... But how many of them have a you know, town named after them? Only Joe Montana. Has they have Joe a town, Montana. You didn't know yeah. about this? There was some random town in Montana. Montana. Change their name. Yeah. yeah, to Joe. So they, really? they would be Joe Montana. Yes. I yeah. see. Well, do you know this that uh, there was a town? Actually, happened in late high school, which apparently there's a town was in the years Tony Montana. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Say hello to my oh, there was there was a there was a, a town in Philadelphia that's name was Washington, Pennsylvania that changed it to Steelers, Pennsylvania, just apparently for the Super Bowl week because you know they didn't want people to get the wrong idea. It's still Washington. So. Yeah, I drove through recently. It's, it's not going to remain Steelers, Pennsylvania. No, no, no. They're going to change it back. No, they are, but they just wanted to do that for wow. solidarity what a and all that other kind of great use of thing. municipal government. Great job. Seriously. They don't have much to just do. Change there, name to <laughs> honor sports team. You know, they, they, if it was but important, you know, there's a lot the of... homeless, the jobless, the indigent. Screw it, we're Steeler, Pennsylvania. Now we don't have any of those problems anymore. Let me explain something to you. Where the Pittsburgh Steelers fans tend to live, <laughs> they live in steel-working communities which have economic problems. Most of them are indigent and homeless to begin with, okay? That's why a lot of them left at Pittsburgh. Why do you That's think they're Pittsburgh the fans... There are Pittsburgh fans everywhere because they had to leave because the whole area is so economically depressed. That's why I feel good for the Steelers fans because, you know, they won one for a town that's had a At lot of problems lately. they have lately, some so. meaningless sports competition to brighten up their otherwise dark and pointless lives. Well, I wouldn't call it dark and pointless exactly. But, but they but, can uh, interrupt it with <laughs> great commercials that tell them to buy Whoppers. <laughs> yeah, I know. What was up with that, by the way? Juice. What was up with the wa the musical so, Whopper? With the Whopper, I think, sadly, 
sadly won the not very impressive competition what? for best commercial. No, it was the cell Only phone. Only because dude. of the end. The Only cell phone. because of the end. It was so funny when they all like flopped on at the end. That was just hilarious <laughs> when they all stacked up. And then their bodies just, evaporated into the burger. Exactly. Like, and, then lettuce, onto, and then everyone flopped onto an empty costume. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> it's like then she <laughs> folds into her costume and disappears because we're worried that was about all their injury or something. I mean, it was a little distressing commercial, but how much do you pay the family of a rockette to, you know, vaporize yourself for a commercial? <laughs> it's pretty good. Seriously. What was the cell phone one? I don't even remember this one. That's the one that. where the guy's in the locker room and the guy's like, uh, oh, what have you got on your cell phone? He's like, well, I've got, you know, video phone, I've got this and oh, that. He's like, and I've got crime deterrent. No. And he's like, Lame. he reaches for the Lame. wallet, throws the cell phone in his face. At our party, Andy can confirm me on this, at our party, we all thought that was one of the funnier ones that we saw. That was definitely our, our view on it. Lame. Andy, back me up on that. That was pretty funny. Yeah, it was okay. I prefer. I I know it's very corporate of me, but I really prefer the run Budweiser horses playing football ones, just for the one-liners by the Cowboys at the end. The, the, I think those are usually the last few years have actually been some of the better. ones. Although now someone pointed well, do you guys out that have it's any hard. Idea what I'm talking about? Yeah, I remember the the oh, ones. Yeah. I just. I don't find animals playing football that funny. Uh, you know, I plus you it's know. It's not the part, fact that they're playing football. It's the it's the one liner at the end. That's a, that's the only value. I see. Well, someone you pointed know, out when that I watched the it all feels like Brokeback Mountain the now. Anyway, like, so. the Cowboys like streaker. I'm like, is streaker a position in an obscure football play? What the hell is a streaker? Because I had no ref- frame of reference, since it's like a lamb running around. I didn't realize it was supposed to be a naked lamb, and therefore funny. I was like, streaker? Is that like some kind of Statue of Liberty play? What does that mean? I don't understand. And starting at streaker. Boy. You ain't never <laughs> seen a sheep before, city boy? Lady Godiva. Never seen no naked sheep, because they wear sweaters. Uh, they tried to pull the wool over I your really eyes. I really liked huh? the, um... Yeah. I liked the oh. one from a few oh, ago, of the, the Office Enforcer one. I thought that was one of the better ones in recent memory, actually. That was pretty good. Yeah, I liked that one. Do you remember the guy who was tackling people around the office? I remember that. No. Uh, yeah, no, I, don't I remember, remember that either. Office Enforcer was, it was really like funny. It was like a football player that they hired in an office to make sure that people weren't like wasting time at the water cooler or, I, I don't know, not getting done, and he would just run and tackle them and then scream at them. No. Remember the Office Enforcer commercial. It was solid. I like that. Fair enough. Do you guys remember the 1984 commercial by Macintosh with a woman who, there's a big screen with a guy talking, it's supposed to be Big Brother or something, and the woman runs and throws a hammer at it. Do you remember this one? It was like an epic yeah, that, commercial. I remember seeing something about that, like it was a very, it was a big dramatic thing because it was sort of, you know, the memory of, and it really worked for Apple because, you know, now we look forward to what we have today and we have Apple that's owned by a majority Microsoft, Bill Gates. Oh, well, anyway, it was a good idea while it lasted. The nerdier big brother. I uh, remember seeing people talking about it 10 years afterwards and saying this was what started the whole Super Bowl commercials thing in the first place. Uh, Yeah, and also what Greg said. Also, Apple suck big time. And yeah, that's right. That. I had a. I don't think I ever told you guys that I had They're a big like, argument with somebody. And now we'll have something that couldn't possibly be competitive as the only competition with the main system. Thank you. It's true. I had an argument yeah, with somebody uh, at uh, when we when I was in Hawaii, and I I remember it was it was weird because the thing about Mac people is that they're just adhe- they're just 
adherents. They're like fanatics, you know? They're like, you can't talk, like they name their computers and they do these weird rituals. And I remember sitting down and I was just like, you know, next to the wireless area and I was, you know, doing typing and stuff, checking my email. And this guy had a Mac there. And this one woman who also had a Mac was like, oh, how do I find out about the wireless internet on the Mac? I, You know, it's classic Mac user having no clue. She's like, the smiley face isn't telling me how to access internet, so I don't really know how to do it. And this guy was like, oh, well, what you have to do is press down the mouse button, which is easy because there's only one on a Mac. You know, you can only need one button for the Macs. And uh, I was just like, oh, it's so cute when Mac Mac people <laughs> advise other Mac people on things like this. And the guy's like, yeah, well, we don't need to have super complicated stuff like you computer users. I'm like, yeah, well, we we try to do some other things with them besides throw things in the trash, you know, like dragging something you in the know, virtual I, trash I machine. Kind of, and he I, just I went really on and on and on. It was that, very actually, funny. Greg. It, was, it was very funny. I think Macs are usually people who are much more savvy, and they're... The problem with Windows is that it doesn't give you any control of your system. You know, the, it's always crashing because it thinks you're too stupid to try to figure out the problem, so it shuts itself down because, you know, that's the only alternative. Macs, in general, all the Mac news users I've known have been much savvier than Windows users, to tell you the truth. This reference brought to you by Windows 95. In Windows XP, Andy, this isn't really the case anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, like, is, I mean, the extent to which this is true makes me yearn for DOS, because DOS was actually the best operating system that we ever CD had. CD dot dot. Did not insult your intelligence. Dir yeah, slash P. it didn't P. insult your intelligence. It was really, really easy and simple to learn. And, you know, you could do whatever you wanted with it without fear of reprisal or problems, you know? It was about Having... as good as it got. And the first Windows, Windows 3 was okay, but Windows sort of started to slide downhill, but it's still better than Macintoshes, which don't allow any sort of customization or plugging in disk drives or anything. They're like, what? No, you just get well, a box iMac. with a monitor. I mean, think about it this way. <laughs> that's all it is. That's what kind one, of a computer you do you think like, of? Like 90% of the Mac users out there are the iMac right now. No, that's not true. I mean, I mean laptops, laptops are stupid, too. No, I mean, I think, I'd put it this well, way. For the like, record. I think that Macintoshes, it's because very clear. If, if my monitor breaks, I buy a new monitor. If my monitor breaks and I'm on a laptop, I have to get a whole new computer that's twice well, as much as a desktop in the first place with monitor. That's, that's, not, a really. that's, that's not really accurate. But, I mean, the thing is that for a Macintosh... More to the point, if my keyboard breaks, same thing. <laughs> well, Ten dollars. but I mean... Replace the keyboard components. That's right. I mean, the thing is, for a Macintosh, mm, into the CPU, I, just, I, th- I think for a Macintosh a that there's... And to tell me it doesn't shut down in, a, in an inappropriate way is just untrue. Do you, you know how many times I got this, the blue screen that says, your Windows is being shut down for its own safety? Why don't you just tell me what's going on so I can try to, instead of doing this mysterious thing where it just shuts down whenever it hits a problem? Andy, I don't I understand this, really though. And the I Macintosh... I'm a Mac user. I have, I have a gateway, but, but I find it very annoying. Yeah, but the Macintosh makes it, I mean, the Macintosh is designed to sort of be idiot-proof by making it usable mostly, I mean, like, honestly, what kind of a computer would you think of where it's like, how do I eject the the CD? Oh, I drag it to the trash. See, isn't that cute? Because it's like you're throwing it out, and so it's kind of like, what what am I, five? You know, this little, you know, welcome to Macintosh. Clea had a a Macintosh in college that she named Jean-Claude. Only Mac users name their computers things, okay? Only they have these, you know, oh, Johnny, I'm so happy with my computer, Bob. I mean, come on. Freaking. Hello. Actually, when you Welcome network computers, you almost, you almost you always like have to. Do trash admit, or admit. trash? You can <laughs> trash or trash. Pick one. Thank you. The Teddy you Ruxpin of computers. <laughs> Hello. That's exactly right. Welcome to computer. 
I am fun. If you think <laughs> I am fun, drag to trash. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man, that's way more compelling than anything I could ever say about this. Exactly. I mean, the other thing In with general, Macs, Windows, Macs are more complex, actually. I think they're better for music and for art. There's no question they're that. better for that, so but they're crazy. not more complex. I don't, I don't understand what you mean by that. Can you make kernel-level adjustments on, on, a, on a Windows machine, Greg? Do you have any, I mean, how much control do, I have any what? do you think you have? I, I have all the things at the kernel level on a... But I don't want control over the kernel level. I want control on the user level. The hard drive, <laughs> click the teddy bears and smile. <laughs> <laughs> I I think you have full control. I think actually a lot of what you're talking about, Andy, having had direct experience with a hard drive that was killed by Internet Explorer, is a problem with Internet Explorer. And I think the map seal of approval can say that no one should ever spend one more second using Internet Explorer again in the Firefox, life. baby. Go Internet Explorer. Firefox. Download Firefox. Windows. You can't no, get rid of it. It's you built into Windows. You can't get rid of it, but you can if you never use it, it will never do anything. And if and you besides can't Andy, use it, you have to, to approve to navigate your but, folder story. But Andy, but Andy, yes, but the entire Macintosh is built the into the entire itself. Macintosh. I mean, the whole Macintosh is is built is is built in. I mean, like the whole th it's hard. I mean, that's what? part of what makes it more stable. The entire Macintosh computer about? itself. You can use any operating system you want. It's it's not very configurable. You can the Macintosh, on Mac not on the hardware level. You make Mac sad. Mac sad. Don't talk PC. Click the teddy bear. I'm Russ is the one who at the beginning of the night was worried about losing his voice, so I don't know what he's doing to himself. He's just committing mepicide here. Story, that's Mac. Oh boy, am I enjoying That's not Russ, that's Mac. Come on now, let's keep the illusion going. Oh, my bad. Click on the hugging <laughs> clowns on drug to trash. <laughs> it's 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 still funny. I gotta say, I, it, it I really might is still funny. For hours. I really won't stop. Andy, to be fair, like the Macintosh I is very good Mac. from. I am blue. I am blue. Your computer is gray. I am blue. I love you. Drug to trash. Wait a minute. That sounds like the Nazi mime. How did you get into the Macintosh? Good. Now you're Mackie. <laughs> okay. Now back um, to our heated discussion. To be fair, though, I agree, Andy, that like at Macintoshes are clearly better for both music and art because I, there are a lot of designers and graphic designers that I know that prefer Macs, and I think that they're probably better for that. They're probably even better machines. Part of what annoys me about Macs is that Steve Jobs was so arrogant about what he thought was a superior machine that the common joke when I was working in software is that you would walk in the store and like 95% of the store was PC and 5% was Macintosh because they refused to make their stuff uh, you know, workable or configurable, and for years it was very difficult to configure a Mac for yourself, either in software or in hardware. So, you know, I, I think Macs are good machines, and I, you know, but right. I just get, I get a little bit annoyed about users. the cult following. That's why I think it's, I think it's fair to, to make it some of the users are the ones who can't figure out because they need things. Yeah, to they were made savvy the because they were you had to be a savvy person to use it. Yeah, so you so you created a product that was inferior in terms of compatibility, and then you made that based on. And once we fought through that, we were more savvy. <laughs> Well, it, it kept them from, from being. Click on it kept them from being just integrated into the. I mean, look at all the other companies that were were part of the PC world. They all just got sucked in. They just all got sucked in now. Why did they get sucked in, though, Andy? It, it because kept they kept them distinct, and it, it kept them fresh. I really believe that. I mean, everything else just sort of melded into this inferior product. 
You preferred Betamax to VHS, didn't you, Andy? Superior product. No, because VHS was a better technology. No, not true, my friend. Not true. Betamax was superior, had better video and sound quality. Stunned! (laughs) Everyone's like, Betamax? Are you really (laughs) pitching Betamax? Hey, never mind, Mr. Early High School. Are you saying it was just the cost issue? A lot of it was cost, and a lot of it had to do with better market. I've got to admit, Greg, I wasn't really alive when Betamax was popular. But... Yes, back in 1983. So back it. in 1983, well before anybody here was ever born. Eight-track cassettes, hey, superior eight-track cassettes, because there's more than seven. <laughs> better. The great thing about eight-track cassettes, which were, I'd like to point out for everybody, before my time. Thank you, before my time. The great thing about those is that they only apparently ran in one loop. So you couldn't go to song number four. Like, if you liked song four, you had to wait until it got back to song four. You're like, just hang on. It's going to come back any minute now. We just got to get through track seven, track eight, track one, and then you got to wait. And then the anticipation was built up, and then you got to enjoy track four again. I like to listen to it on coconut husks with spools of yarn. <laughs> That's better than eight-track tapes. Uh, coconut husks. I don't know. My I mean, name is Greg dad. Wilson. We didn't record music at all. All music was live. You didn't have any way of even remembering it for more than five minutes, and you had to make more music yeah. that way. We when did Larry creative. Flint show up? Larry Flint, go away. I was guarding you. Back in my day, when we wanted to listen to a CD, we would sing, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's Larry. Come and Gardenia. Visit the Hustler Casino. It's the curated <laughs> poker room. You'll love it. So uh, on another on, on another subject, there was I was looking at some of the headlines as I occasionally do in preparation for this thing, and I wanted to ask what you guys thought about the following headline. You prepare? Wow. I know. Did McCain. You prepare for the map report. Please die by clicking on the cookies. Mm, cookies. <laughs> McCain Obama agree to stop bickering. Like this is a headline. Two senators agree to stop fighting. This is a big deal. In case you're wondering. Look, there's no point in us continuing this fight. We both dream of being president. Neither of us is going to change our last name to Bush or Clinton, so we could never actually be president. So let's just suck it up and try to get along (laughs) as we limp out our Senate. New York Times article brought to you by the VN boards. (laughs) Senators like to communicate. Shut up, Suxor! I hate you! You are (laughs) die IRL! Lol. What kind of name is Barack, anyway? Barack. <laughs> He's a uh, midi. Only midis are named Barack, because they're ugly. Wow. It's true, though. I mean, they're, they're both going to run. They're both going to lose. One to a Bush, one to a Clinton. And uh, we have a monarchy. We have uh, a dual, dual hereditary monarchy. Long live this throne. I think, <laughs> exactly. I'm not sure about that, that story, right? because... Chelsea Clinton doesn't strike me, or the Bush daughters don't strike me as being particularly into uh, running for politics. Yeah, but at that point, they might have suspended things like elections. Yeah. I don't know. Neither Certainly 20 GW years from now, age. it's hard to see. But the at, next at six, the yeah, Bush daughters' age, GW is a frickin' drunken moron. Now the only difference is that he's just a regular moron. <laughs> yeah, the next 12 to 16 years, though, are locked up. Those are guaranteed. Those but are already in a generation that we've broached. And it's going to be fun. All right, gentlemen. 12, 12 to 16 you may wonder. Years. You may wonder why I've been so quiet. After research, I've discovered that Betamax did not succeed because they could not record 
as much as VHS. VHS had a much larger tape capacity. And it, for a consumer, it made all the difference because they didn't want to record the same episode or movie onto multiple tapes. But it had a better video and quality, because Beta it? is Greek for retarded. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it was a mass conspiracy. So it wasn't the same just people. It, a case where something was of better, it had better quality, but in order to have that better quality, you had to use much more space on the tapes, so you had to have multiple tapes. Well, I suppose that's true, but it was it was sort of like the DVD before DVDs, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, right? Also, the Betamax tapes were made out of a homemade paste that took like six hours to bake <laughs> in your oven. You had to be really good at it. Yeah, you're forgetting about <laughs> so that, that part, like Greg. I know, I know. I, I had forgotten about that. That's the one where you put there them is. in, and then they, they right next to the shrinky dinks, and they became smaller tapes right as you watched. Those things were cool. <laughs> Yeah, you get, wasn't, it's the Betamax Easy Bake Oven. You make the Betamax cupcake, and then you stick it in the thing. You're like, I want to record Tommy's prom. He's like, okay, let me get the yeast. Those are some of the coolest things, man, when I was growing up. The, the, the coolest thing that I used to see was I had this thing called a, a, it was called a Master Caster, and it was this thing that made wax cars, like Hot Wheels cars, and you actually, like, it was a whole little factory thing, like, you put in the mold, and you put in this little wax pellet in this thing, and it heated up and melted the wax, and then you drove the mold, you, like, spun this wheel, and the mold went underneath it, and then you actually cast, it was great, you, like, cast the car in wax, it was tremendous, it was so, manly and powerful and it was exciting. it was a scam by the country of Thailand to get you to do their ma- their menial labor for them. <laughs> Give it to them. Give them the factory. 1999. You have factory. We go home. Exactly. You make cars. You play cars. That was all. I was exciting I, life of a Thaiish factory worker. Did I say that Thaiish? That's ridiculous. I was part of the. Yeah, uh, I was part of the whole procedure. That's <laughs> part of their prototypes. But we were like a, a hop, skip, and a jump from Bear is driving, so it was almost worth it. Oh, oh Bear is driving. How could that be? <laughs> yeah, it's true. So Thaiish is that somebody hey, Greg, who's kind of like from Thailand, that, uh, but not quite. Yes, we don't talk Thai here. Jack don't talk Thai. <laughs> anyway, um, so you were saying? Did that uh, that toy that you had? Did it come with a little whip and like uh, subsistence wages and stuff? Well, no. Although, although now that we think of it, uh, while we're on the subject, I did have a keyboard that had a patch called, and I'm not making this up, slave labor. And every note that you hit on the keyboard when that patch was loaded mm. made the following sound. Oh, I'm serious. Every single time you hit the keys, so you would hit you one. Are- you, I'm not making it up. up. You could do a scale, and it would be like... Eight <laughs> kinds of things up. <laughs> this, the scale would be like... Ow! I'm serious. I still have that keyboard in my mom's house. It was the most ridiculous thing ever, and it's called slave labor. I'm not making that up. Next, emulate third world torture. Now it's entertaining. <laughs> I mean, and Go. I never... At, at the time, I thought it was... I'm like, this is cool. And then when I go older, I'm like, isn't there something wrong with this vaguely? And then I learned what was wrong with it, and then I went, oh... Um, Wait, I don't get it. What's wrong with it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. Meanwhile, Andy was playing with his uh, molesting keyboard noises. <laughs> so what Random bizarre... question, Meppers. Which is the most ridiculous Superman power? Superman 2, where he pulls the cellophane S off his chest and throws it at Nan? Or Superman 4, where a blue beam comes out of his eyes and builds a wall of brick and mortar? Where you the hell decide. is this coming from? What is this coming from? <laughs> Did you this not hear the random the question shout out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe you should explain that, though. Okay, all right, no, these I are the two most ridiculous that. powers. 
that Superman has through the I series. See. Which one is more ridiculous? The fact that he, in Superman 2, while defending the Fortress of Solitude from the super beings, one of whom is my favorite and, uh, you know, likeness in real life, General Zod, where he pulls this weird plastic S off of his chest and, like, flings it at one of them, and it wraps them up temporarily and disables them. Or Superman 4, when Dolph Lundgren starts, like, destroying some monument and people are dying, and Superman stops this by shooting a blue beam out of his eyes that somehow magically rebuilds the wall. There are enough problems, like, physics-wise with what Superman can do, but I cannot conceive how many steps you have to get from a blue beam coming out of your eyes to, I'm a mason. So you guys decide which is the more ridiculous ability. Superman, never forget that you also have the sacred erector set beam in your arsenal. You must only use it in most dire <laughs> need. <laughs> yes, Kal-El, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I Wait, was what about the where he flies around the earth to make time go backwards? Yeah, and he that wasn't supposed to. That is definitely a somewhat ludicrous ability. That Absolutely lying sack. a candidate. It I makes agree. no sense at all. It makes no sense whatsoever. How can you say that? He needed to save Lois Lane. He tried that. If he, like, tried that in Superman 1, and then the Earth just, like, flew off its axis and everyone died, <laughs> and that was the end of the movie. <laughs> or, he, or he flew back too far, and he ended up turning back into young Superman. He's just like, what's going on? Oh, 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 I want milk. You know, something like and that. Even if you buy that that works to turn back time, what actually happened made no sense. Because if you turn back time, all of this stuff would happen again. All the nukes would hit, and the people would die, and everything, he would have to do it over again. But somehow when he did it, it turned back time, and then everyone was just fine, like it never happened. Also. No, because he was able to get to everything. Like, that time around, he was, like, able to fix all the rest of it. Like, he was able to plot out his route better. But they he's never like, showed that. They never showed him catching the nuke. He just, did the, he just flew around the world, looked down, and he's like, oh, everything's fine. Let me go save Lois now who's fine. Everyone's fine. Well, you know, he saved her first, and then he went to take care of everything else. He just sort of reloaded and did it in a different order, you know? It's like Das, instead they of showing the directory... They didn't think important enough to include those scenes. Nah, they the already movie. got the point. They were like, they, they just had, you missed the little <laughs> sign where they said, and everything else. Now back to our hero. And then you see him lifting up the car, and, you know. Hey, Superman, he does things. You get the idea. <laughs> You've seen he this before. masonry with his eyeballs. He can do anything. Anything. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. The movie, the part of that movie sequence that freaked me out was in Superman, I think it was, it was the stupid one with Richard Pryor, whichever one that was, I can't remember. Um, and, uh, it was the one <laughs> where, three. They, okay, three. So, and he's, he's sitting in the, he's sitting in the fortress, and like some woman got like attacked by this supercomputer, and like the computer turned her into a robot. That was deeply disturbing, that scene. One of the scariest things I've ever seen on TV as a child. I literally could not watch that scene once I knew what had happened. I had to turn off the TV while watching Superman 3, wait for her to be turned into a robot, and then turn it back on. Yep. So scary. Far that scarier scene, and I saw that than any horror movie. close proximity of seeing two things at once, which gave me nightmares for a week. It was like, I'm going to start by watching Michael Jackson's Thriller at the age of, like, you know, 10, and then I'm going to follow that up by watching the part from Star Trek II where the little where the bugs crawl out of Chekhov's ear. That, that'll that oh, really help me yeah. out. Yeah, awesome. and then, then the next day I'm going to watch Superman, and then I'm basically going to not sleep for the next three weeks. That's my brilliant selection of movie choices at the age of 10. Good, good job by me. Yeah, this reminds me of... Uh discussions we've had in uh, Hirsch's philosophy class back at school with Story always worried that random hypothetical situations would turn him into like a robot without a soul or something like that. <laughs> any bells? Hey man, they're not a robot, just a being without a soul. That's, I've, that rings a lot of bells. These are things that, I mean, they don't keep me up late at night, but uh, 
For yeah, instance, there's all kinds of things about the whole yeah, like transporter the discussion. Problem. Sure, or the transporter, either one of these, yeah. What is the transporter? Like, as a Trekkie, you'll appreciate this, okay. which is story believes that a transporter, since it disassembles your molecules and then reassembles them, would actually, whoever gets transported is a different being than the person you. who transported yeah. initially. I believe right. that, too. Right, I've seen that before. Absolutely. Right, I've seen that before, too, that you're being kind of so killed like, yeah. and then instantaneously re recreated. Yeah, this was a I mean, big about popular debate that we had in high school. My friends and I always what, used to talk about this stuff. What if they have, have invented the technology to transfer your memories onto a computer? And they, they, they knock you out. They, have to, they, they do this by putting you under somehow. And you wake up, you know, and you're, you're, when, you, when I say you wake up, the, the computer is booted up with your memories. Are you then that computer? Did they kill the, the, uh, the body also? Or do you have two sets of memories now? I mean, does it matter? But, but let's say they don't. Let's say they do first, and let's say they don't, and does it matter? I think it depends. Well, you could argue... Are you on a Mac, or are you on a Windows really system? Because it's really important. Yeah, Because yeah, if you're on a Mac, then you can... <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be a doppelganger, please press the button. Okay. I'll do it. Because if you're transferred uh, to a Mac, then you should just commit suicide either way. It doesn't really matter <laughs> you where your memories are. Okay, the way you do that is by dragging your soul to the trash. That's how you commit suicide. <laughs> exactly. Drag self to trash. Drag, I was going to say, drag hard drive to trash. Yeah, that's all it does is every, every user who sits down, you're like, please, drag soul to trash now, please. Oh, God. I mean, I don't, I don't really know Funny. what the. That's an interesting, that that's an interesting premise. The one of the philosophies that we talked about concerning uh, sentience is continuity. So you could argue that if they killed the body and your memories went straight from you, and then the only place they existed afterward were in a computer, then according to that theory, then yeah, that would be the same person. But you, you must have seen that Star Trek where Riker. There's another Riker who gets left behind in a transporting accident. They're both alive at the same time. So which yep. one is which? In fact, I have. Yes. Fun question. So some transporting accident happened years before, and in one episode, they come upon a planet where they find that one Riker's been left behind, and somehow one was brought back to the ship. And the other guys, they beam them up, and there are two Rikers. And they've had very different experiences in the last, whatever it was, like eight years. So they're different people now in some sense, but, I mean, you know, which one was the right. real See, They're not big fans of each other. Right, and that's why the continuity argument is crazy, I think, because if the only difference between, you know, your soul status is whether you happen to kill the old, you know, the original person who got in the transporter or not, then that's crazy, because there's no logical sense well, that identity would be whether you happen to kill some other being before. if you believe that there's a unitary opinion. soul, like you do, then well, yeah, it becomes if crazy. You believe yes, in those two soul, things do not true. gel. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. If you, if, but if you believe in identity, you have to believe in some sort of soul, I think. I mean, otherwise, what's the point of having identity? Otherwise, it's just a no, collection of it's memories, just a different, you just download just yourself. It's a different definition of identity. I mean, what what's the point of having identity? Okay, you could define it as identity, but what's the point of having identity if you don't have something more... Well, it's not, a, it's more... not as pleasant an identity that, as that we're all eternal you know, beings, but I mean, it is another way to think about identity. Certainly not well, as pleasant. I would agree with you there. What's it's the not relevance? pleasant, but it's also not relevant. Who, who cares? I mean, it's, then it becomes it's entirely like, functional. 
Then identity is just a function. Yeah. It's not a meaning. And, I mean, so what? Then it doesn't matter. Whatever best suits us is what we should believe if it's just functional. I'm still caught up on the it's a function but not a meaning. Do you agree with that or do you think that you don't – you disagree with I, that? I'm not seeing a difference other than – Between I mean, a function we're going and back a meaning? Frege sense reference. Yeah. OMG. Are you serious? <laughs> well, then our spade is turned there. You're talking to a pragmatist story. Oh, oh my God! Okay, okay, right. I forget. I mean, I get so used to our brains being merged that when they're not, it's very jarring. Occasionally, it gets oh, crazy. God. I know. I know. Okay. Speaking yes. of unitary souls, function is a table, except for your new table, and meaning is <laughs> things that is matter. Is what Socrates' ideal of a table? No, no, no. Tables are incapable of meaning. I mean, that's the All idea. Right, that was Plato. You know. My bad. Right. Not that yes, no, squares, I mean, but yes. Sure. Socrates took hemlock no, from a table. Point, that, <laughs> that was important. <laughs> Socrates, you know, uh, <laughs> he wrote his God. plays on a table. Yes, and there is Aristotle cuddled with the table. Move to Charles. Move my report to Charles. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yes, yes, Anyway, indeed. yeah. Uh. Okay. If you see a difference between function and meaning... Let Russ know about it Please now, because I can't come up with a way to explain <laughs> right now. I'm just too baffled by the fact that someone could question the two. It's like, what do you mean the difference between black and white? I, they look exactly the same to me. Well, I see no color. Uh, they're I see just nothing. Two different wavelengths. I don't know about black and white, yeah, exactly. but I mean, so are we, story, and so are we. We're just two different wavelengths. <laughs> it's true. Two different wavelengths Sorry. trying to make their way home. All this time, of course, Andy's been okay. looking on whybetamaxmatters.com. Andy's just like, you know, Betamax, interesting other thing about Betamax is... <laughs> <laughs> He's actually trying to find Robin Lively like on Betamax. Betamax site to find that great. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> that, now, that's the internet. If you can find an advocate for Betamax who thinks that they were screwed over 30 years ago, then you have finally found the world where every interest Seriously. has a voice. 30 years ago? When I was three? Didn't even exist! 7,000 years ago, when Betamax <laughs> and Cupcakes were all the rage with the recording. In the early days of life, Betamax ruled the earth In and the it was good. In the era, there were eight tracks and yarn and uh, cookies. I do remember Betamax. working in high school at a CD bags. store where there was a big argument about whether or not artists should go back to using out, like vinyl records because they said that there was a certain kind of warmth to the sound and there was a rumor going around that most CDs that were produced then were going to break down in about five years. And, you know, they obviously proved that to be wrong now, you know, 10, 15 years later and CDs published and are still going strong. At the time, they thought it was a possibility. And I remember reading some things about, like, we will never let the CD industry destroy the record industry. There is a greatness in the album that CDs cannot hope to match. And if you want to be part of the, you know, never really took off. But similar fanatics to Mac users, I think. I've got to say, though, on this note, and I'm glad that you brought it up in this sort of, in this sort of light, I've been seeing coming for a long time this idea of planned obsolescence, that they really do have the next, like, nine music technologies all mapped out, <laughs> and they're just slowly oh, they releasing them every 20 years. They they're do. like, oh, yeah. okay, and now we'll make another generation's collection obsolete and have to make you rebuy all of them. Like, they probably invented the 8-track in the 30s, and they probably <laughs> invented tapes in about, the you know, 1947. They're like, oh, yeah. we're just going to keep holding this back. And slowly release it over time to maximize the amount of money that you pour Sorry. into the music industry. In the world, 
in the world of electronics especially, that is absolutely an accurate portrayal of what goes on. Oh, yeah. Without any exaggeration at all. Absolutely. <laughs> you think eventually they're going to slip? I love that. My go paranoid f- joke is real. Yeah, no, eventually they're going to go from DVD and they're going to be like, and now we'd like to unveil the new technology, BVD. Everyone's like, um, that's an underwear, sir. Damn it, we didn't account for that. Oh, um, God. Well, oh, so. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, and now we're going to bring you virtual reality life, where your life is replaced with utopia. Oh, too far? Too too fast? Did we jump too fast there? <laughs> Crap. Okay. I mean, uh, it's a little better. The, the a double CD. Is a little better. Uh, I'm reading from the wrong script. Yet. Yeah. It's, it's 25% shinier technology. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sorry, sorry. And they're like, no, you unveiled it. We saw it. Pay no attention to the utopia behind the curtain. That's far more expensive. Security, than please remove that man. 50 years. We apologize. We'll, we'll get back to you. And why you are there aliens right carrying it out? Oh, my God. It's all true. Speaking I of... Uh, Bush discusses world leaders about cartoons. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they don't understand it either. See, the aliens are shrugging in the background uh, while bringing out the it. utopia technology. Spe- Why? Speaking of understanding, uh, believe it or not, I understand that we have now <laughs> yes, reached another hour of the MEP report, believe it or not. An hour of glory is passed yet again. This, this one I actually believe. I yeah. think each of those reverb minutes felt like five. <laughs> we want to apologize for the I'm reverb. Like, oh, God. We want to apologize for the reverb, and yeah, we assume that if I you were... Every time down the belly yeah. of a crocodile. It's true. <laughs> if we, if we, we assume that if you were on a Mac that you didn't really get that reverb because technologically your computers are so superior. But uh, for the rest of you, we apologize, and uh, we will try we to go. get better next time. If but you, you will never be able to record anything actually, to a disc. Yeah, exactly. there's no disc. Right. There is no disc anymore. <laughs> if you are a listener and you have persevered through the unbelievable amount of pain and death that was episode 16, please write to us at mepreport.com <laughs> and vote for us at podcastalley.com where we have received a vote and we're very proud of that. We vote, got a vote? Although I'm not and going to sing the theme song Woo-hoo! just yet. Nice. Nice. And get caught in a rundown on the base paths at podcastpickle.com. <laughs> He's in a pickle. It's amazing. So we will see you guys next week. Have a good week and um, see what you could find out about Betamax. That's your and homework for this week. And make bad referee calls that, at yeah. superball.com. And then whine about them and complain Ooh. because you're playing football. Not a little whiny man. For a corporate yeah. turd festival, drag show to trash. <laughs> Your show is trash. <laughs> you are trash. Corporate trash. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Can you read the credits in that voice, Russ? Can you give us some credits there? No. Do we have credits? Okay, think, sure. You want to think you've already done read the credits? No, sure. Um, so we need yeah, music we'll have also. Yeah, reversal. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Locked on this was the metaphor. We thank you for locking to us Love is memories 